Shalom Rechem Rabbi Sai. This week, Bez Hashem and Chutzlaretz will be landing Pasha Shlach. The Pasha Shlach discusses the Pasha of the Miraglim, <coughs> the Chet of the Miraglim, where Chai Yisrael was being told that they can be going to Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael is a land that's an Eretz Zavas, Chalbud Vash, flowing with everything that they need, milk and honey, and all types of uh, special things that they'll have from Eretz Yisrael, the Kedush of Eretz Yisrael, the Shefa, the plenty that they have in Eretz Yisrael. And there were people in Pai Yisrael that were doubting if that was true. And therefore, they asked Moshe Rabbeinu, can we send, can we send some spies to check out, you know, the real, what's doing over there in Eretz Yisrael? So Moshe Rabbeinu asked the Kodesh Baruch Hu. The Kodesh Baruch Hu replied, she tells us, Amar, Aniyamati Lehem Shittayva. I told them that Eretz Yisrael is good. I swear to you, that I will give you a place here where they will stumble and make a mistake. The Miraglim will make a mistake and be, and will stumble and make a mistake. The man lay you assure, and one not to inherit it. Rashi tells us before that the Miraglim did learn the lesson from last week's passion. Like Rashi says, Lama Nisbuchah Parashas Miraglim and Parashas Miriam. Why do we put the parish of the Miraglim next to the parish of Miriam? Well, Miriam spoke about Maisha and she got Tzeras, she got leprosy and she had to go outside the Machna and they had to wait for her until they were able to go on. The fish of Lakcha, Lakcha, she got Tzeras because she spoke about her brother and she didn't really mean any harm when she spoke about her brother. And they, and we saw what happened just from that little talk that she said. She got a punishment of Tzeras, which was a tremendous, uh, you know, punishment for her. And the Nikov held back Pa Israel from going. Bisharim Halal, Rovla, Musar, and these Bisharim, they were the heads of tribes. Each one was a Rosh Shevet. And they didn't take the lesson from what happened to Miriam. And then they came and spoke badly about her to Israel. Right? Basha continues. And tells us the names of all the, all the Miraglim, and that 10 out of the 12 spoke negatively about it to Israel, just Yeshua and Kalev, they, they held back from being, uh, being involved with the Chet of the Miraglim. And I think last year we spoke about why was Yeshua, why, why was that Yeshua and Kalev, why did Mashiach bin Nafkadam for Yeshua? But this year I think we're going to talk about something else. What happened? We came to Eretz Israel, and they came to a place that, on the one hand, was a beautiful land. On the other hand, when they came there, there were some things that were very frightening. The Pesach says, They came in through the south, and they came to, up to Hebron. They saw giants, tremendous giants over there. They saw the fruits that were growing there. There were huge fruits. They took off some clusters of grapes and some branches from the trees to come back and to show them, look, look at what the size of these fruits over here. It's a little frightening over here what's going on. And as they went on in their, in their traveling, they saw all different types of things. They came back to 
Moshe Rabbeinu in the Midbar. And they started to tell over. So first they started positively. Like Ashi tells us, Kol Dov Sheker Shein Nemrim Boksas Emes with Kudasai Ein Muskayim. Ashi says in order to to for them to believe them with the things that they were going to say negatively about Eretz Yisrael, right? So they had to say something with some type of positive Emes over here that Eretz Yisrael is flowing with milk and honey. And then afterwards they came in with the negative points so that they get them to listen to them, to believe them. Now, one of the things that they said was that they came into a land, they came to a land that they came to, to, to spy and to check. We saw tremendous big giants over there. And we saw a land that was eating its, its inhabitants, was eating the people that were living there. What does that mean? Rashi says, Everywhere we walked, we saw they were burying people. People were dying left and right. They had these giants running around. They were, they, they were, there was, it was frightening for them. And they came to tell this to, they saw in the midbar. And was, Rashi says, but there was a tine on them because they didn't realize who really did this for his benefit, for their benefit, that they were so involved with these Leviathans right now. They were so busy with their Avelos, these people that were living there just all the time. Therefore, they wouldn't bother the Maragim would come again. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu did this not to frighten them. HaKadosh Baruch Hu did this <coughs> to protect them. And therefore, they should have, they, they didn't they didn't realize that. And therefore, there was a time against them. Now, when you look at the time in the Maraglim, it spoke bad about bad about Israel. But the question which one might ask is some of the things that they saw over there were justified for what they would have been frightened with. So why was that such a big time on them with the things that they had said? And they came back, they reported what they saw. They saw things which were, which seemed very big and, and, and frightening to them. What were, they're supposed to know that the reason why Hashem did this was so that they shouldn't bother them. It looked like everybody's killing each other and people are dying left and right. And therefore there, there, there was something that was frightening. How are they supposed to know that that was the kavana behind it? So, my Rebbe Valley Baruch Finkel, he has like a whole, whole, the uh, many, many, many explanations going on this chet of the chet So one of the approaches that he brings is the approach of the chet of the explains that when a person sees bad and says bad, it's usually because when that person is not looking at what he's looking at with a good eye. If a person looks at something with an ayin teva, with a good positive eye, then he'll wind up seeing the good. So it's true that they saw an Eretz HaKhelet Yashver with people which were dying, but they saw negatively because they're, they're, they were coming in with an ayin ra to come ahead and to look to spy out and see the negative over here to see, they, they were coming with it, with it, with, with it, the premonition there's something negative here, and they were looking for to find, oh, is everything really good here? Let's see if we can find if there's anything negative. You come with the ayin ra, you see the bad, and therefore they weren't able to see past the what they saw and thought that, oh, well, we're seeing everybody dying here, means that this is a, this is a place where people are killing each other. But they, if they would have come in with ayin teva, they would have thought, hey, this is what's going on here. They would have been able to see that a kashbohu was saving them. For this problem. And he brings that, <coughs> he brings from, uh, Rameh Chadash, a beautiful voice. You know, at the end of last week's parasha, 
and in Pasha Shema it says, that we shouldn't be lured after our hearts and after our eyes. And Rashi says, what's the pshat in that? Rashi explains, because when a person gets lured to do an Avevich, so first his eye sees something, then his heart gets tempted by what he sees, and then he winds up coming to do the Avevich. Ayin Roya, the Lev Chaymeh, the Ayin sees, and the heart gets, uh, it fills up its desire, and then the person goes ahead and does the mice, whatever mice, whatever, whatever it is that comes as a result, as a result of that. So ask for Meir Chadash, so why did the Pasuk say, Because first your eye sees, and then your heart gets affected by that. Why did the Pasuk first tell you, so he explains, because what a person sees is really dependent on what his heart feels. And if my heart feels a certain way about something, then I'm going to see, uh, my heart's looking at something positively, then I'll see something positive over here. If my heart is looking at something negatively, then I'm going to see the negative feelings. And he explains, <coughs> that was the chet, the chet that they were not ready to look and to see things in a positive way because they were coming in with an iron ra, with a negative eye. And then Rabbi Shari Chuba explains that that's really the whole side to the Russian heart. Right? Rabbi Shari Shlishi. Right? To bring over there a, an example. Ki Adam v'chacham avu There was a man, right? A regular man in a chacham and a wise person that would pass walking in the, on the road, and they passed by in a veil, a dead animal that was laying in the street. Amar Adam, the Adam looked at it and said, Kam v'srachas nevela zu. How disgusting, how how awful, and how this this animal is. Amar Chacham, Kam v'vana shinea, look at white teeth it has. In other words, the, the Chacham was able to take the thing that was negative and to somehow find the positive inside it. And, and that's the aside for a person to be able to speak nicely about people to be and to be able to not come to the level of Lashon Hara is when we're going to wind up seeing the mildness in the person and the good. Now, I'll mention two stories, one which my Rabbi brings in and say from one, which is a famous story that everybody knows. But there's a, <coughs> there's a there was a famous uh, Adam Gadol in the, uh, you know, after the war, Blazer Silver itself. He was the Rosh Vadatzela. When people came after the Second World War, and he was, he, he saved many, many Yidden, and he was very, very involved in helping people in Cloud Yisrael. So at the time, <coughs> when he was, when he was there, there were different people that came to, you know, um, you know, to, came around them to be there, right? You know, to, to, to be able to, uh, to, you know, to, to he was Makarev, he's working with, and there's one person there who was a Holocaust survivor for, who basically just totally rid himself of all Yiddishkeit. He didn't have anything to do with, with Yiddishkeit. And when he was talking to of Laser Silver, and Laser Silver was talking about the idea of Davini, right? So he, he, he tried discussing it about Yiddishkeit, about Davini, Tila, and he said, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Why? So I'll tell you why. 
when I was in the camps, so there was a Yid over there, and that Yid was the only one in the whole camp that had a set of Tadavimus. And everybody in the camp wanted to dab him. Everybody in the camp wanted to be able to, to use that sitter. Now this person with the sitter knew that everybody wanted it, so he decided to take advantage. What they would do is every day they would give out a certain uh, portion for everybody to have of bread, and he would tell them if they would give him their portion of bread, then he would give them the sitter. That's what he would do. He would give them the, he would give them the sitter. They would give him the portion of bread. They would take the sitter. Just can you imagine how disgusting that is? This person has a sitter and he has to take advantage of people and he has to go ahead and to be able to, to, to do that. I don't want to have anything to do with Yiddish kind. I don't have anything to do with, with, with davening and mitzvahs. Nothing to do with it. So right there on the spot, the laser silver answered him back. Wow. Unbelievable. What a story. You realize the goddess of that story, how special Tefillah was to all those people in the camp? That they were ready to give away their bread so that they should be able to daven. You see how special, how much, how much they love Yiddishkeit, how much they love Tefillah, that they didn't care about their portion of bread. That's how special the Yiddishkeit is. Because he was able to take the same action. And even though <coughs> if a person wants to, I know he can build and take out the negative from it. But if a person comes with an iron tithe, with a lathe tithe, and if he wants to, he can see the positive. There's a similar mice, which is a famous mice, I'm sure most of you heard. <coughs> the, in, in the camps, one of the camps, I think it was Bergen Belsen, with Luzhava Rebbe. That's how it was there. Luzhava Rebbe has a special cashier to me. My father's a Luzhava Chassid. And the Luzhava Rebbe was my Sandik, my bris. And I remember my father used to take me to him as a child. Um, as a child, I mean, the last time I was by him, I was already 20, 21 years old. And <clears throat> he was in the camps. And there was one, one year on Hanukkah where they, you know, they wanted to be able to light Hanukkah. A special thing, Hanukkah nice. <coughs> and uh, any type of mitzvah to do in the camps was a whole production, you know, risking your lives. But they wanted to pull it together. So they got some type of a shoe polish can, and they got some type of a thing for oil, and, and uh, someone took off a thing from the shirt to make a wick. And they got everyone together, and they called everyone together, we're going to light the net together. Now, the Buzha Rebel, he was the tzaddik that was there in the camp. So they were him, and they asked him to, to light the menorah. It was the first night of Hanukkah. So he takes the candle, and he makes with with kavana and you know fervor. He makes the bracha, Then he makes the second bracha, And then he stops for a second, ponders, thinks, and then he makes the bracha, And one of the people that was out there in the camp. Was, was a little bit sarcastic with him and said, you know, Rebbe, you know, I don't understand you. Do you realize the, the tzara and the pain that we're all going through over here? I can understand you make the bracha of Hadak Nehoshal Hanukkah. And I can understand that you can make the bracha of, <coughs> of Shasanisa. But the bracha of Shechianu, that we have this chus to live and to reach in hand and to have the opportunity to have this Time of our life, in the middle of this torture, in the middle of this of this terrible situation which we're in, that's what we're saying. Shechianu for. 
So the Guj Rebbe answered back to him, you know something? I had the same thought. And if you noticed, I paused before I made the bracha of Sheikh Yano. But then I thought to myself, if in the middle of all this torture, in the middle of all this difficulty, Yidin can come together now and they can come together and, and, and be excited and happy to be Makayim the Mitzvah of same you said. When you look and at something with an iron type and you want to see the positive, you'll find the positive. And when a person looks to to find things positively, then he has he's happy with people, he's happy with himself, he's happy with his life, he's happy with the he's happy with him because he sees the good that he has in every situation. Every situation a person can use like when you have a half a cup of water, you can look at the half a cup of water that's that the water is half full, or it's half empty. Whichever way you want to look. If a person teaches himself and trains himself to look at the positive and to be able to to look at things with a good eye, then he'll be able to see <coughs> he'll be able to see good. And that'll help him with his his own growth, with his family's growth. And with that, to be able to bring him to bigger and better places. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos. Nicole.